When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi folks, be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. Holy cow, are we going to be informed this morning. We are going to have more, more of the continuing saga of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, the real true story with Dr. History. Good morning. Good morning, Zab. This has been a fun deal here. Is this two or three? This is number three. Number three. Have yeah. we got number four, two? Actually, I'm, I'm going to surprise you. Last week, I was at the gas station getting gas, and a friend of mine... You were getting gas? I was getting gassed. <laughs> Good fr- a friend of mine named Brent Peterson. I, I mentioned that I was doing Butch Cassidy, and he said, "Well, he says we've got a story about the Sundance Kid." I says, "Really?" He says, "Yeah, we have a family story about this about Sundance." So wait a minute. Now Brent Peterson is, is it, related to. I, well, no, it's it's. Uh, I'll have to get into it. Oh, but it's so next week I'm going to do the Sundance Kid and from this family's research and study, because this book actually doesn't really tell us much about Sundance. You know, I noticed that when I asked you a question last week, you said it basically highlighted the life of Butch Cassidy. Right. Well, his real name was Parker. Right. Yeah. Okay. Robert Leroy. So yeah. anyway, so next week I've got a. Uh, this, I just stumbled onto this about the Sundance. Stumbled so, at a gas at a station. gas station. Oh my so, goodness! Anyway, you, I think you're going to like it. So, okay. All right. So we've gone through his early days. We've gone through his uh, part number two. We talked about uh, his outlaw days. Now we're in South America. And so we're going to finish up a couple of robberies here. In 1908, uh, Butch and Sundance were reported to be in Bolivia, along with several other North American outlaws. November 1908, two well-armed bandits robbed the Aramo and uh, Frankie Mining Company. Now, discrepancy exists in the different descriptions of the two bandits and the details of the robbery. One account identified the outlaws as Americans. Another stated one was American. Another one was Chilean. Uh, Two days later, two men thought to be the Aramo bandits were killed in a gunfight in San Vicente, Bolivia. No, wait, whoa, whoa. You're going too fast. Okay. Now, the two that were killed in the San Vicente shooting... Are you intimating that that's where Hollywood perhaps came up with the ending for Butch and Sundance? The true identity of these two outlaws has been argued and disputed for years. Some claim they were, in fact, Butch and Sundance, but the earliest accounts did not identify the dead outlaws. They didn't. They just buried him. Okay. So the two bandits were buried with no names. Uh, Years later, uh, the outlaws in the graves became suspected of being Butch and Sundance. Could they or did? Did they ever do a DNA? No, not that we know of. So, and this this book has been well documented. Okay, wow. now here we go. Butch is now fifty nine years old. The year is nineteen twenty five. Holy smokes! Okay? In nineteen twenty five, Maximilian Butch's dad and his three sons lived in a home, uh, but they continued to work on the old Parker Ranch down there in Utah. One day in the early fall, Mark, who was a brother. 
uh, was at the ranch fixing fence when a new black Ford touring car pulled up. A man got out. As the man got closer, quote, his face broke into a characteristic Parker grin. Uh-oh. Okay, Mark realized this could be only one person, Bob Parker. Bob, Butch, Butch. Cassie. Yeah. So we're going to go back between Bob and Butch a little bit here. Don't confuse me. Okay, I'm, I'm going to try not to. Okay. But uh, So after a little visit, they drove into Circleville to the Parker home. Maximilian, the dad, was now 81 years old. He was sitting on the steps by the kitchen door. This fancy car pulled up. Mark and this other guy got out. Well, Butch's face for one time for the one time was actually he was kind of solemn. He didn't know how he was going to be accepted. Well, reaccepted by his dad. Yeah, exactly. So uh, anyway, his dad knew him. Uh, no one could ever really describe the meeting after all these years. I mean, forty-one years he's not seen his son, the outlaw. Well, Butch uh, emphasized that he and T- Sundance really did intend to go straight when they went to South America. But he said, quote, when a man gets down, they won't let him up. He never quits paying the price. So the big question was what had happened in Bolivia. Uh, Butch said that he and Sundance had planned to meet at a certain time and a place to go back to the States. Uh, he said the authorities were after him. He drifted up into Mexico. Now, this is Sundance. Drifted up into Mexico by himself. And he said that he had run into Sundance and Etta in Mexico City later. Oh, they stayed together. Yeah. And, and that, but that was the last he saw of Sundance. Okay. Now, when asked about San Vicente, the uh, the bank robbery, he said he wasn't there, and he didn't know what happened. He didn't know who the people got, the two outlaws that got killed, but they thought, you know, that was probably a good way to get out. They thought that it was Butch, but it wasn't. So basically, Sundance and Butch thought that after the massacre, which it was at San Vicente, yeah. it was a good time to get out yeah, of Dodge right. City and go back home. Exactly. Yeah. So Butch stayed with his dad for a couple of days, uh, and his dad tried to get him to stay in Circleville, but he refused. He asked that his visit be kept a secret. Now, Butch's youngest sister, Lulu, said that, the Maximil- that Maximilian, the dad, said to the family, quote, this is our secret. You are never to mention it to anyone. If you want a secret kept, you never tell it. And we never did. Even other members of our own family didn't know for many years. Now, Lulu also said, quote, Occasionally, Dad had a letter from him, but his letters were always carefully destroyed to protect Butch. We worried about what trouble it might cause him if they fell into the wrong hands. One day, Dad received a letter from one of Bob's friends reporting that Bob had died of pneumonia. The letter assured Dad that his son was laid away very nicely. It was simply signed, Jeff. Now, who who's Jeff? I, we don't know. Uh, just a friend somehow. So Lulu also, uh, she says that uh, Robert Leroy Parker Butch died in the Northwest in the fall of 1937. Now Lulu refused to name his burial location and said, quote, where he is buried and under what name is still our secret. She said her father, Maximilian, said all his life he was chased. Now he has a chance to rest in peace, and that's the way it must be. And Lulu further said, if I were to reveal his burial place, someone would be sure to disturb it under some pretext, and my brother's entitled to rest in peace. Okay? Now, uh, Lulu's account of uh, Butch's uh, return to his family uh, is just one of many uh, accounts. Uh, So I'm going to go through some people, some names of people that... Uh, identified I ha- Butch. I have some questions. Okay. I have to ask this. Okay. 
When he was supposedly back here in Circleville, okay. seeing his family, uh, was he at that time a wanted man still, and were the authorities after him here in this country? You know, it doesn't say that, but the fact that he left the country as an outlaw and came back, he was still an outlaw. But he didn't change his appearance. No, and but he came back... Uh, so quietly, and everybody was sworn to secrecy. How Even the you, family how members. How you go driving around in a brand new Ford touring car at that time, and, and you're sworn to secrecy? Come on. <laughs> well, maybe it wasn't that old oh, okay. or new. Okay, so here's some people I'm going to go through. There was uh, Josie Bassett. Okay, Josie Bassett had known Butch well from her his early days, and she said that Butch visited her on two different occasions after 1908. The first time was in 1929 in Rock Springs, and Butch and, uh, also visited Josie in 1932 in Bags, Wyoming. So he kept on the move. Okay, another guy, Bert Charter. Butch's old friend, Bert, who had helped out with horses on a number of the robberies, retired to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and Butch had visited the Charter Ranch in Jackson Hole in 1925. Another guy, John Taylor, a car dealer. He said, quote, one day in 1922, Butch Cassidy drove into the shop in a Model T to get some work done. He says, uh, he didn't tell me who he was, but I recognized him. Where was this? Um... Uh, don't know. Okay. Oh, Rock Springs. Rock Springs. That was in Rock Springs. So he stayed, you know, in the Wyoming. He was in the Utah. general area right. that he committed all the crime. Exactly. Next guy, Tom Welsh. Uh, he asked. He was asked uh, if Butch Cassidy had died uh, in South America, and he said, "Well, he says if he did, then I met and shook hands with a dead man in Lander, Wyoming, in 1930." And then he was asked another in another interview uh, if Butch was dead, and he said, "Well, I had a couple of drinks of whiskey with the mighty lively ghost." <laughs> that was his response. But basically, you're talking about a very small area now that you've confined it to Rock Springs and Bags yeah. and uh, what other towns? Well, we're gonna. I'll, there's a more here. Let, let me keep okay. going here, uh, Sheridan. There's a guy named Fred Hillman. Uh, he was the boy on a ranch outside of Sheridan, Wyoming, where Butch had worked. Now, uh, Butch was working on that ranch, and uh, he was on the receiving end of a rattlesnake that Butch had thrown up onto the haystacker as kind of a practical joke. And according to Fred Hillman, Butch returned sometime around 1910, and he asked Fred, he says, Has anybody thrown a rattlesnake at you lately? This could only be Butch. Okay, and he recognized. Here's another one. Ada Piper, Harp, Ada Piper, knew Butch Cassidy very well. Ada was convinced Butch had returned from South America in 1963 in a letter. She stated whoa, that. Whoa, whoa, 1963. Yeah. Now we're getting yeah. In 1963, in a letter, she stated that uh, the Sundance Kid had been killed in South America, but. Butch Cassidy was not killed in South America. He was here in 1930. I visited with him, and he told several of us he escaped. Now, I'm going to get back to the Sundance Kid again, but not right now. Another guy, Otto Schnauber. I really Go ahead. You're rolling it right <laughs> off your tongue, aren't you? Okay, this guy was a Rock Springs butcher in the 1930s. He says, a stranger came to visit. The stranger was an older man who seemed to be a good friend of Otto. And the stranger was Butch Cassidy. Okay, so we're getting more and more evidence. Eleanor Parker. Okay, uh. Eleanor Parker was uh, Dan Parker's daughter-in-law. 
Okay, so she knew Butch. So Dan was uh, Butch's second young, uh, next younger brother that also ended up in jail for a while. Anyway, uh, Eleanor said that Butch visited his brother Dan in Milford, Utah in late 1930 or 31. Butch's father, Maximilian, and two brothers were also pre- present. They talked for three or four hours. So, uh, you know, we've got all kinds of people. Okay, are... but there's a question that comes up is if he's still wanted by the authorities... But and, they're keeping the secret. I, I know, yeah. I know, but this is the part that you've got to question. You know as well as I do that if you tell somebody, don't tell anybody it's a secret, it'll spread like wildfire. Uh, these people were more had more integrity. <laughs> they didn't they didn't squeal. <laughs> That's all I can say. I don't know. I don't know because he was around. Do you personally believe these? Uh, I, I do these quotations. The, this guy has documented this. And again, let me tell you, folks. Bill Bentonson is the great uncle of Butch Cassidy, and the research no, he's he can't did, be the great uncle, great nephew. <laughs> I was going to say, man, you're you're kind of putting the cart before okay. the horse there. All right, but great nephew. <laughs> there you go. So anyway, now we come to a guy named Merrill Johnson, a Utah State Patrolman. He pulled over an old man near Kanab, Utah, in July of 1941 uh, for failing to stop at a stop sign. He gave the guy a warning ticket. Well, later. This guy, Merrill, returned to Kanab to find the same old man at the home of his in-laws, some people called the Kitchens. He was introduced to the old man as an old friend of the Kitchens, Bob Parker Butch Cassidy. Okay, no. So the, he'd been pulled over, yeah. <laughs> by, but he didn't know who he was. But my question is, where did Mr. Who wrote the book again? Bill Bentonson. Bill Bentonson. How did he get? these direct quotes from these various interviews he has interviewed these people he spent a lot of time and effort doing that that's why i mean the index on here back here is thick with references i so i think they're really accurate now there's another guy named john burroughs who was a well-respected historian and burroughs accepted that sundance had died in bolivia but he questioned whether Butch had been killed down there. Hmm. And he said, I am positive that Butch Cassidy returned to the United States, where he lived to be an old man. Just who was killed along with Harry Longbow or Sundance remains open. So, you know, we've just got all kinds of references. Here's another one. David, Dr. David Love was a well-renowned historian. And Dr. Love says he visited the office of his longtime family doctor, a guy by the name of Dr. Francis Smith, in Lander in about 1923. Now, Doc Smith told him that one of his recent office visitors had been Robert Leroy Parker, Butch. Smith related that Cassidy had appeared in his doorway at his place. He lifted his shirt, exposing a deep crease of a repaired bullet wound that Dr. Smith had repaired years and years prior. So you've got a doctor looking at some of his work and saying, yeah, this is Butch because I I did this. I fixed. You know, you're saying that they kept the secret. Yeah. But they didn't keep the secret when they made the quotations and the statements that, yes, they had seen him. Yes. So, I mean, basically, you've got a kind of an oxymoron here. But these didn't come out till years later. Till after he was dead. <laughs> okay. Hang in here with me, Zeb. <laughs> so here's what the author says. Okay, I'm going to quote Bill Benson. He says, 
When dozens of people testify that Butch returned and they personally saw him, I believe their accounts should be given credence, especially since no real proof exists to the contrary. Why should we disregard them? I have spent my, much of my life trailing down every piece of information I can about Robert Leroy Parker, a.k.a. Butch Cassidy, examining it with an open mind and sharing it with others for their ideas and insights. Lulu Parker ben, Benson, my great-grandmother, and I knew her well, uh, I believe and support, support her account of the return of her brother in 1925. Now, when, when did he write this book? Um, what year? It should be in the front. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm, I was just curious as to when he wrote this. Like 2013, maybe. Okay. Back in there. All right. So here's Lulu, uh, Butch's youngest sister. So in the summer of 1968, the filming of the movie Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, right. it was underway in Snow Canyon near St. George, yes, Utah. Yes. Okay. The film company's representative had just learned that Butch Cassidy's real sister was alive, Lulu, Lulu, and living in the nearby town of Circleville, Utah. Well, they decided to invite her to the set, and here she is at 85 years old, uh, very, very lively and alert. Uh, she was active. She was eager to get out and meet new people. She considered the invitation a privilege and an opportunity to talk about her brother. So Lulu arrived and was introduced to actor Paul Newman, who obviously was portraying her brother, and Robert Redford, Redford who, of course, played the Sundance Kid. And they actually became very good friends, uh, 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 Robert Redford and Lulu, and uh, corresponded for years after that. Well, then, uh, pardon me for another question. You're used to that. <laughs> Why then didn't she, Lulu, and other members of the family, like this gentleman that wrote the book, demand that they portray that Butch was not killed in Bolivia? That's too easy. That doesn't. There's no suspense there, Zeb. You got to have an well, exciting yeah, but you ending. Would have, you would have thought that Lulu would have actually tried to put her foot down on that a little bit. You know, it's a. And by this time, it's obviously, a fair question. It is, and obviously, Butch is dead now. Uh, by this time, and but you know it was a family secret. I mean, l- let me just read this last little bit, okay? And maybe th- this might help answer that. Lulu kept many things secret about her brother because of promises that she had made to her father and family many years earlier. All right. However, most significantly in her book, she revealed that Butch Cassidy was not killed in South America, but had returned to Circleville to visit the family in 1925. So she wrote a book, too. Lulu did. I'm not sure what the name of it is, but uh, anyway. So Lulu knew where Butch died and where he was buried. But she swore she would never reveal where he was buried. She feared that if she told, his remains would be disturbed. In the early 1970s, for example, the graves of outlaws Joe Walker and Johnny Herring were, were dug up in Price, Utah, and this bothered Lulu a lot. She didn't like that. And she said that Butch had been chased his whole life, and she wanted his remains to rest in peace. So there's still a lot of unanswered questions. I know, Zeb. But, like I say, I mean... Okay, let's let's look at this with uh, kind of an inquiring mind, like the Inquirer. Okay, look at all these pages of, oh, I know it. of, of research. I mean, there's probably 30 or 40 pages of interviews and research. Well, that, I would that say this. Done. If he came back 
And if he went and met with the family and various friends, then it would stand to mind that he probably lived, resided, and died within the area, perhaps, of Wyoming, Utah, and Idaho. Somewhere in that tri-state area. Yeah. And And that's somewhere where that funeral and that burial took place. But you can't just hide a dead body and and transport (laughs) it for heaven's sake. They used aliases all the time. Uh, I mean, Butch and Sundance both had all kinds of names they used. And so I'm guessing that in those latter years, uh, even though some people knew it was Butch, when he went other places, he would use a different name. And so when he died, it, I'm sure it was not under his name. What do you room. think? I think it's true. I, I think this guy has done the most extensive research. And I've, I've read quite a few things about Butch, and this is the best book I've ever... We've got a caller with a question. I've only got a short time left. Caller, real fast. Go ahead. Yes, just quickly, in the latest edition of Cowboys and Indians, there are quotes about from Lulu that he spent his last days in the state of Washington. And there is another fun movie called Treasure Seekers based on that fact, and they end up going to visit him in Washington. What do you think, caller? Honestly, what do you think? Oh, I think he came. I think he lived and he came back. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot for another Old West legend. Do you believe that Billy the Kid died in that town by Pat Garrett, or do you think he became Brushy Bill? Well, that's another thing that's talked about here in this magazine, and it looks like he became Brushy Bill. <laughs> Aha! Thank you for your call. Appreciate it. Thank you. And that's some of the research that I have come up to, that Washington, somewhere in the state of Washington is where he But been. you know what's interesting about this? Where did they say that Billy the Kid did all of his uh, terror, if you will, in shootings? It was in uh, well, New Mexico. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And that's where he supposedly died, in New Mexico. Where did you say that Sundance Kid? Uh, New Mexico. Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of things going on in New Mexico, and a lot of problems down there. Well... It's just amazing that last week I ran across this whole story, about 15 pages, of a family's history regarding Sundance, Sundance who killed one of their family members. Oh, they really had a bad Thanksgiving that year. And, I, and so we're going to go through that next week uh, to kind of finish up this Butch and Sundance thing. You know, really, this opens the door for so much thought about the old legends, a lot of them. And they're... Different people's ideas, and in fact, I, when I read this about Sundance, I looked on the internet, and there's a few people on there say, "No, that's not Sundance. He doesn't even look like Sundance." Or you know, well, we don't look at our age the same we did when we were 25. Now, you and I have we're still pretty good looking guys, but no, you know, not throw like- me a quarter, <laughs> throw me a quarter. But you know, I love this story. And, uh, can I say this or would it be giving away too much that we're going to have this man that wrote this book on this program in about a month. If, if we can work that out, it would be great to have him do an interview and I'll be getting a hold of him and see if we can get him to come on the show in about a month. Wow. It's a really an infatuating story. It really is. Uh, I've gone through this book. You can see. Just yeah, you get you beat it to you, death. You really, <laughs> you've torn that thing apart. <laughs> hey, I got to run. All right. All I can say is outstanding job. Outstanding. Well, this this job. has been fun. I've been excited about this one. We ought to do another one. We did a couple on Billy the Kid, but I think it bears that we do another one. We might have to look back into that. Yeah. Yeah. Doctor History. God bless you. You have a good day, Zed. Thank you, sir. 
Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.